baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 97.1 FM Talk. On Demand Audio. Second Amendment Radio in the great outdoors. Mark Cox in here. Bo Matthews. Of course, uh, Carl is picking the music. And how fitting. It's the theme from Vacation. I know Love it. it. On Love the road, it. baby. Because uh, Bill's on the road. Uh, Bill Bill is on the road. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, this is the time of the year. Maybe you've already started planning your uh, road trips. A lot of people are thinking road trips or vacations anyway. Uh, we have uh, author and national travel journalist, Bill Cleveland. Uh, BillOnTheRoad.com is his website. And, uh, boy, has he got a challenge. For, I'm, I'm going to call it a challenge because anytime you, you know, you know pick up a, a Route 66 book, it's like it's almost it almost feels like a challenge. Like you want to you want to go to these places. You want to check them off your bucket list. You want to get your trip ticket out from AAA. Bill, welcome to Second Amendment Radio on the Great Outdoors. How are you, sir? I am well. How are you? Good to hear your voice. Thank you very much. You too, man. Uh, tell me about this project you uh, put on and, and about the book. Yeah, so it's called The Ultimate American Music Bucket List. And what I wanted to do, Bo, I, I go to all of these really cool music sites, whether they're you know, uh, recording studios or record old old record labels or you know even grave sites or memorials or you know statues, whatever. Um, and I wanted to put a collection of all of these things in one book so that when people are traveling, if they love music, any kind of music, it could be uh, bluegrass music, rock and roll, whatever. Um, th- there are all these great sites all over the country where people can trace um, American music history uh, and also just sites that sort of preserve, um, you know, the legacy of people. Uh, any, Dolly Parton, Willie Nelson, yeah, uh, that's, anybody, you know. That's great, Bill. Uh, hey, good talking to you again, my friend. How are you? I am well, thank you. Good to hear from you, too. Absolutely. You know, I would have a trouble, big trouble writing a book like this probably because I'm so biased in the kind of music I like and what I don't like. And you probably had to deal with a little bit of that because clearly if you have a preference for country over rock and roll or hip hop or whatever it is, you'd want to put an emphasis on those spots. How did you pick and choose? Well, you know, the good thing is, as I've done my travel stories across the country, I've been introduced to all sorts of, of people. You know, last night I was actually editing a little podcast um, interview that I did at the Bluegrass Hall of Fame in Owensboro, Kentucky. Oh. I don't know anything about bluegrass. I, I don't. I don't have a bluegrass uh, CD anywhere, or whatever. <laughs> but you know, I met these people and and I learned the stories of guys like you know Bill Monroe and um, and so I have an appreciation, even though it's not my favorite type of music. Um, you know, so I, I doing all these stories, different types of music genres. 
um, I, I had that tucked away in the back of my mind. So I hope I gave a pretty fair shake. I will tell you this is this might break your heart, Mark. Especially uh, I, there's not really a lot of rap music in the book. <laughs> <laughs> is there I'm, a Sammy I, I'm not buying it. Just forget it. Yeah, is yeah. there a Sammy uh, but, Hagar but chapter? Pretty much, pretty much everything else is represented, whether it's jazz or blues or, or you know pop, whatever. It's it's in there. What about Motown? Did you uh, did you cover anything up in? Oh, okay, okay. Tell me what you did oh, with that. Oh yeah, you bet. Yeah, I've been to Motown twice uh, up in Detroit, and you know one of the things that I try to do in this book um, is remind people of all of the experiences that they can have when they when they do these trips. So you know, an experience you can have at Motown, you can actually go in, you can tour the studio, and one cool thing that they do, Bo, they they take you into uh, the very studio where all those great Motown songs were recorded and they let you sing a song so you're singing with your tour group or whatever so maybe it's my girl or you know something by the four tops or the supremes but you sing a song and you can now put on your resume hey i sang a song in motown studio Um, so it's a lot of fun a lot of cool experiences you can have yeah if we do that uh, bo's gonna have to sing bass i'm afraid (laughs) (laughs) of course he could Um, i'll I'll play the part of bowser remember uh, remember remember, uh, what was the group Uh, there you go yeah. Um, so, so tell me, is this in a chronological order? Is this a map that you've built? Uh, how are people going to use this and actually put it in their vehicle and go down the road to go to these spots? Right. So, uh, so the website is AmericanMusicBucketList.com. That's where you can get the book. And basically what I did, I had room. When you do these books, you only get a certain amount of, uh, of pages to work with. So I did uh, chapters on probably about 100 different sites. Um, there, there's really no specific uh, chronological order, but I did break them up into, you know, statues and murals and grave sites and, like I say, recording studios and, and different things like that. Um, and then in the back of the book, what I did, I, I did a little uh, I divided it up by state. So if you're in California, you can go, oh, what are some of the sites I can see here? Or if you're in, uh, you know, Ohio, what are some of the sites that you might see in, in the state of Ohio? So sure. it's kind of a fun book to keep throwing the glove compartment when you're out traveling and um, and, and get some ideas for your road trip. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it sounds like a lot of fun. I mean, I follow you. Obviously, we're friends on Facebook. You know how long I've known Bill Cleveland? How long? We are. We, Yo, you were not? Did you, did no, you no, unfriend I'm me? Kidding, no, I'm kidding. You're a fan. Of his fan page, <laughs> oh, that's it. Bill has no idea who the hell I am. Actually, Bill, do you, do you want to tell him uh, our history, please? Uh-oh. Phil, uh oh, Philip. Yeah, yeah, sure. I, so I met Mark back. In, uh, I was oh my gosh, I guess I was tw- uh, maybe nineteen or twenty something like that. We worked at Channel Four. Uh, well, Mark worked. I just kind of put in time, but um, <laughs> you did time. Yeah, I, Mark was a Mark was a great friend, one of the nicest people I met. I'm reading it the way he re- asked me to say it. <laughs> Thank and, you. Wow. Um, and uh, I ran the teleprompter at, at KMOV Channel 4. That was my first job in broadcasting. Oh and I'll, I, I tell this story occasionally. I'll never forget. There was this printer, this big printer in the middle of the, in the, middle of the newsroom. And uh, that was part of our job was to collect the scripts that came off of this printer. And one day, it was like just middle of the day, and I'm minding my business sitting there at the desk. And the printer goes off. So your job, you know, you go and you grab whatever's on the printer. And, and I go and I grab what's on the printer, and I look at it. 
And Mark Cox had just sent this little thing, and it said, Bill, what the hell are you doing? That was the, that was the uh, very important piece of news programming at the moment. Uh, I still have that paper, by the way. Do you really? Wow. Yeah, that is fantastic. Somewhere. So d- did you have control over the teleprompter where you could screw with Mark? Oh, and yeah. if so, did you ever screw with it? Has that, anybody ever done that as a prank to you? Like Anchorman? No, I... He, uh, somebody may have done it tomorrow. I didn't. I was very professional in my job and, and tried not to get fired. Yeah. But, and I, you know, I got to tell you, I really enjoyed that job. I had, I, I think I made like eight dollars an hour. Whoa! That, I think all of that went, all of that went to parking downtown. So I didn't make any money, but it was fun. No, no, that the great thing, the thing about that production assistant job is they had to limit your number of hours, or they had oh, to pay you union right. wages. So they watched them yeah. like a hawk sure. to make sure they weren't working too many hours, so they didn't have to right. uh, pay them a, de- a decent wage. Don't walk past the was, teleprompter prank, though. Did anybody ever do that to you? No, no, not really. I or, mean, or they, you they did, didn't get you to the page you needed, or something like here's that. The, here's the highest compliment I can pay for Bill. Bill understood how the prompter worked, and he made it work properly. But there was this <laughs> was this was old school. This is back. I believe, correct me if I'm wrong here, Bill, back when you had to take the scripts off that thing and, and tape them all together like they had they had, uh, they had um, adhesive no, on the top. Quite, I'm not quite that old, but, I, <laughs> but, but, the, but it was still a lot different than it is now because yeah. now if you watch television, a lot of these guys uh, on TV, they run their own prompter, which is insane to me. They have a pedal underneath their desk. Or they do or it by their hand. It. Yeah. Wow, yeah. I didn't know that. Which is yeah. insane. They've eliminated yeah. that they eliminated mm-hmm. that teleprompter operator job a long time ago. Do presidents do that too? Do they run <laughs> <their own laughs> teleprompter? Well, and you know, Bill also used to work here. He used to do nights on KZK. Whoa. Like like any radio person, I've had four hundred and fifty jobs. Yeah. <laughs> um I did. That's right. KZK. Okay. You bet. So, if you don't mind, back to the book, though. Uh, it's not a <laughs> oh, coffee. Yeah, it, it's not a coffee table book. It's something that is small enough that can fit in your bag or in your glove box. You said, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's a it's a it's a road trip guide. So you want to take it with you when you travel. Take it when you're planning your trips. And and I people think this is uh, me insulting myself, and it isn't. But here's the deal. All the books that I write are very digestible. They're very easy to read because I write for people that don't want to read. Okay, I'm one of these people. Really, it's crazy. I've written five books. I don't. I don't particularly love reading. I want to read a book where I can get my information, get something you know out of it, quick, be done with it. Uh, that's the way I write my book. So it's very easy to read. Um, you get a lot of great information. But but um, yeah, not a coffee table book. It's something that that you should you know be able to take with you and they like say put in the glove compartment or wherever it is that you keep your road trip gear and, uh, and so, use it for planning. So as as this uh, as this is coming to my mind right now, when you went to these locations, were there family members of these famous people in the area? Are they still running the you know the Buddy Holly? you know, uh, store or, you know, is there family members that you had a chance to talk to? Sometimes, yeah, sometimes it is is the case. Uh, There's a Hank Williams Museum in Montgomery, Alabama. Um, There's a woman who, she wasn't necessarily related to Hank, but her dad was a friend, a close friend of of Hank Williams. Um, There's a great story. We don't have time to go into it, but I I took a visit to Johnny Cash's ranch uh, just outside of Nashville, and um, I was under the impression that I was the only one on the property and because uh, I, I was invited, I was invited, but I walked into the rant, the actual house, just 
to kind of poke around and look. And as I walked in the door, there were members of the Cash family that were in there. And uh, and they, they were super nice. It was very awkward, though, because I, I didn't know that, I, that anybody else was on the property. Um, but they were very cool. In fact, in the book, there's a picture of me sitting in Johnny Cash's favorite leather chair wow. uh, that he, he sat in when, uh, yeah, when he would go out to this ranch that, that apparently he didn't even know he had until later in life. Some accountant was like in, <laughs> embezzling from him and, and bought this ranch. And then when Johnny Cash found out about it, fired the accountant and said, hey, you know what? I kind of like this place. It's in Bon Aqua, Tennessee. So, yeah. So, so it's not the house that was portrayed in the movie then there on the edge of the lake? That, that house is burnt down. It's still the gates are still there. That's in Hendersonville, oh. um, Tennessee. Okay. And yeah, that burned down. Uh, the, one of the Bee Gees uh, bought the house um, and then had some uh, construction work done to it. And one of the construction workers, I believe, had a cigarette and accidentally set the cigarette down and burned the whole place to oh, the ground. That is crazy. That is crazy. Yeah. Well. Uh, this is exciting. I, I'm, I, I am a reader, so I, even though it's meant for people that don't read, I will get the book. Uh, really, really, uh, congratulations to you. The Ultimate American Music Bucket List uh, is uh, Winslow, Arizona. Did you go there? Is that in the book as well? You bet. Standing Winslow, Standing on the corner in Winslow, Arizona. So, I heard, yeah, I heard that I mean, wasn't really American... the location. Is that true where the marker is? It is, yeah. It's okay. in Winslow. It's on. It, it's on an actual corner, uh, and they call it, I believe, it's Standing uh, on the Corner Park, and it's right there. It's a big. It's a big wow. uh, thing for Route sixty six. Um, you can stop and, and check that out. Yeah, you bet. Hey, Bill. Uh, great to hear your voice again, my friend, and uh, we'll look forward to the book. Thank you. All right. Thanks, guys. Have a good day. Yep. Uh, the ultimate American music bucket list by uh, Bill. Cleveland. How about that? Uh, be sure and uh, check him out there and uh, BillOnTheRoad.com. Coming up, we're going to talk about one of our favorite things, Bo, and that is uh, helping raise money for police officers, Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Th- anytime there's a fundraiser for law enforcement, get out there, dig deep, and help. Get more at 971talk.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.